why don't we have safe rooms so um, if you want somebody to die, um, that you can take them to a nice clinical room with nice uh, clean bullets and a clean gun um, packaged in a little, you know, we're not, we don't do that. So why are we allowing for the murder of little humans in a clean clinical atmosphere? It doesn't make any sense. So as Christians, again, they're kids that are knitted together in the womb. God knows them by name, and uh, he put them there for a reason, right? You know, it's, it, it's really awesome whenever you read the Psalms when it says, your voice makes the deer give birth. Just think about that. So if, he, if, if he's responsible for the deer giving birth, he opens the womb, um, he makes, he, he's the one that is, everything comes from his hand, and so we cannot treat this lightly. And so, again, yeah, go out to uh, Jefferson City tomorrow if you're in the area and uh, go show your support. Again, uh, this is uh, coming from uh, Kevin Myers, yeah. um, which is a part of Missouri Missouri Abolition, um, a Missouri Ab- Abolition Movement anyway. Go support him. Um, if you can't be there, uh, just uh, take some time out tomorrow to pray um, over, you know, for these people and lift them up. Um, in prayer that uh, God would use this as a means uh, to get to our magistrates um, and uh, deliver the gospel of Jesus Christ for everyone that is the reconciliation factor in this. So uh, I just want to throw this out here. Here's the cool thing as we're switching subjects on this. Adam and I did a little bit of work on our calendar. If everything stays consistent, we will have a program for four weeks in a row. I don't have to have this uh, weird... Uh, loss of day feeling anyway (laughs) so yeah so uh, like we said last uh, time we're on the show we're talking about transhumanism we're going to be talking about it again uh next week and then we've got uh travis horinic yeah he's gonna come in and talk about false views of scripture he is Mm -hmm. the newest member of the missouri baptist apologetics network so in the routine that we've tried to follow since we started the podcast when a new member comes on we reach out to them try to get them on the podcast we do have a few that we've missed unfortunately and and in the future we hope to have more of them on but uh we think that the missouri baptist convention has an amazing apologetics ministry we completely affirm that and we just want people to use that resource and even go back and uh, listen to some of the podcasts that we've done in the past concerning members of the Apologetics mm-hmm. Network. Missouri is only one of two different um, Missouri, uh, Southern Baptist state conventions that have mm-hmm. apologetics mem- ministries, and we have a powerful and vibrant ministry, and there's a lot of resources that Missouri Baptists are putting back, uh, mm-hmm. putting out for Missouri Baptist churches and for people in general. And then hopefully following up uh, Travis's interview, we'll have Nathan Stitt in yes. studio finally talking about iGen, continuing on this idea of Christianity and the impact of media and uh, technology on culture and how that impacts us and how we should be ready to defend it. Again, we started this two weeks ago when we specifically dealt with artificial intelligence and transhumanism. We continue in that on the 29th. We continue in that today, looking at this recently, uh, recently offered statement. Yep. But then on the 20th, we will deal with presupposition. Yes, presup- we got what's up. the next presup, what's up? And we'll be talking about, uh, I know that you said, uh, like, Facebook only let me, uh, allowed me for only a few characters, so I couldn't type it out. It says sin, but we are going to deal with the issue of total depravity, the big T, and how that impacts uh, apologetics, why 
we are presuppositional. This is kind of the, that is um, the issue um, in hot debate when we're debating classical apologetics versus presuppositional apologetics. I mean, here's the cool things. Yeah. Again, we always put these things out here because we want you to know what we're doing. We want you to have an idea, maybe be able to promote it even on your own social media avenues and venues. So that's why we share these things that we're doing. We want people to know what's going on in the direction of Taguret Ministries because we don't just fly by the seat of our pants. We're actually continually working, continually trying to strive to put out good content. And so we share these things with you so you can know what we have in advance and what is mm -hmm. on the docket for us. Yeah. With that said, really exciting interactions today. As we have tried to prepare for upcoming debates. Yes, we've and got that's the some cool big part. time stuff coming up. So I know the first thing um, that we um, wanted that we've been working on is um, we had talked about Christian witches. Uh, we this month. Um, I'm not sure if it happened yet, but it's April. We're almost through. It's probably happened. But there was that Christian witches convention that happened in Salem, Massachusetts, with uh, Reverend Valerie Love. And she had somebody come and speak at that uh, convention. His name is Calvin Witcher, and um, we're gonna we've reached out to him because it I've seems reached like out to her too. The but same she boat. hasn't really but yeah, responded but, to me. Yeah, but he so. uh, he saw our discussion of things on YouTube and was very glad that we had the discussion that we had the way that we had it. He was surprised uh, about the way that we. Um, approached it and our demeanor and everything so that's kind of our paper trail of emails right now um, but we've reached out to him and so sometime in September expect to see a discussion with Calvin Witcher um, to get to get more understanding on his position yeah, so and if you remember this. if you've seen these episodes in the past where we dealt directly with Christian witches and the idea of Christian witches one thing we did was we interacted at first with a video by Valerie Love mm -hmm. then we interacted with what is called the Witches Creed, the Christian Witches Creed. We somewhat compared that to the Apostles' Creed and did kind of a side by side comparison and deconstructed the Witches Creed according to Scripture and what Scripture says. Yeah. Then we dealt with them one more time. And after that, and kind of during that, we were engaged by Calvin Witcher, one of Valerie Love's cohorts. And during that time, we had an opportunity to invite him into a dialogue discussion and we have scheduled that for September and it's going to be pretty exciting. It's not a debate. It's just going to be a time for us to interact with him. So here's what's really important. We are interacting with these people that are putting out this information that is anti-Christian, that is an attack on the Christian faith. We're doing though, we're doing that however with kindness, with tact, with sincerity and always calling these people to repentance. And of course that brings us into what we have Really exciting thing today. Had a discussion with Nathan Rager, yeah. who has a YouTube channel, and we've seen some of his stuff. Want to focus the idea with Nathan Rager doing a debate, hopefully with another member of the Missouri Baptist Apologetics Network, specifically on the King James Version of the Bible. Nathan Rager is a King James onlyist. He's very kind. Uh, we had a good discussion with him over the phone, and he agreed to a debate in September. September, September 19th. Somewhere to pull it up on the uh, calendar, but I believe it is September 19th. So that will be a really cool deal. Well, yes, it is. Yes. No, August 19th. August 19th. August 19th. So not as much time. And then, of course, tonight I will be meeting with an individual who will hopefully be one of the hosts for a debate that Adam and I will participate in. 
when we deal with some animal rights activists. That's right, we're going to try to engage a group of animal rights activists in an apologetic debate, essentially going after the idea from a Christian worldview. Um, so I give you all those things, asking you to kind of pray about what we have going on. We're trying to produce and put together good material. Adam and I are always excited to get to partner together and just want to thank you for praying for us, for liking our videos, for sharing our videos, to for liking our Facebook page. We really appreciate all that. And the best way you can help us is to go to iTunes and give us good reviews, to review us on Facebook. All of those things mean a lot to us. Mm -hmm. And then always share what we have. And if it's been a blessing to you, please let us know. And man, we just covet your prayers. We do this uh, out of a love for the Lord, out of an opportunity to better equip ourselves to share the gospel. And so that's why we're here. So with that yeah. said, let's engage a really important issue. And that is the artificial intelligence an evangelical a statement of principles hopefully we'll have one of the framers on in the near future to yeah. talk about it a little bit more but why is this statement important right now adam well the big thing is is usually people are going man these christians are very reactionary um, they get ticked off this has been going on for a long time and then now so whenever it comes to the idea of artificial intelligence yes um, we've had ai for a while and stuff like that, but it really hasn't been put to much test. And now that technology is really increasing and all that kind of stuff, we are seeing out in the world uh, a lot more talk to where we have a lot more serious stuff. So as Christians, um, yes, it, we are reactionary at some level um, because, yeah, we had to see something going on. But what we need to do now is because we're going to start seeing it increase more and more. We need to be on the offense. We don't need to be just sitting back waiting for the next controversy. We need to look ahead, look what's going out there, and how we can preach the gospel into it. And then we need to move forward before we become on the defense. And so I think with this uh, artificial intelligence statement, I think this was a great um, opportunity that the ERLC took um, to get on that offense. Um, you know, not necessarily nip it in the bud, but start that conversation um, off before it's too late. So we don't, this is something we don't need to wait on. If you uh, listen to Elon Musk, um, if you listen to Sam Harris on the Joe Rogan, I uh, took in those uh, two episodes of that podcast today, um, listening to what they had to say about this whole artificial thing. So essentially um, what we've yeah. got here, and hopefully... Oh, but I was just going to say, yeah. you know, they, the, 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 what they were talking about is a lot of people are putting it off and putting it off. Even, you know, people that don't believe in God and in Jesus Christ, they're putting this off like, ah, oh, nothing bad's going to happen and we'll just wait till we cross that bridge. These people are not, are recognizing we can't do that. Yes. Um, we know from the word of God, we are justified in saying we cannot hold back. We cannot wait. And, we need to preach the gospel. Yeah, and I'm kind of surprised, like, yeah. okay, let me just, like, put it into context. Like, we remember... It's like the first year that we started the podcast, 2017, there was the Nashville Statement. And it was mm -hmm. essentially a response to the Obergefeld, or, or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or uh, burger, a Obergefeld. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted to say, like, Obergefeld. Uh, that's a horrible way. The, uh, the Obergefeld, Obergefeld, excuse thank you, the Obergefeld ruling. <laughs> 27. 
2015. Uh, I shouldn't be laughing about that, but it was a response to that. And it was a response to what we've seen in the transgender movement, the transgender revolution. And so the Nashville statement was very much a Christian response to these social extremes that we've seen. Even in two years, things have gone crazy and gotten worse. And so it was a uh, reaction. And then we look last summer to the statement on social justice done by some of the same people, but kind of a different group of folks. Uh, Again, the Nashville statement was put out by the Council for for Biblical Manhood and Womanhood and the Ethics and Religious Liberty Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention. The social justice statement was put together by a group of reformed pastors. Again, these are responses to movements that we've seen sometimes outside of the church, sometimes inside of the church with the statement of social justice. Man, I am like stuttering all over the place today. I don't even know what's wrong. But this statement done by the ERLC is different than those because it is trying to get ahead of the game. This is not something that we've seen happen before. That's because of the seriousness of the time. There are gospel implications to the what I would say the massive, um, the massive cultural shift that we could see with artificial intelligence being increased substantially and quickly, and that's why this is such an important thing. Yeah. It has affirmations and denials, and we're going to kind of work through those. There's twelve different points in it, and we're not going to spend the entire time talking through every little point, but we do want to highlight some points because I haven't seen anyone else do this. I'm sure that the ERLC has a podcast where they kind of talk through it a little well, bit yeah, more. This is the, we another... want to go through this yeah. in a um, in a presuppositional critique yeah. type of fashion. Yeah. We want to look at what we think are some of the strengths and some of the weaknesses because as we work through the document, there were a few things that we thought they could have said a little bit better, and it'd be great to get to talk to someone and ask why they said things the way they did. Yeah. And hopefully we'll get to do that. So, uh, very serious times call for very serious responses and very serious offensive moves. So with that said, let's go ahead and jump right into the preamble. Yep. So it starts out saying, as followers of Christ, we are called to engage the world around us with the unchanging gospel message of hope and reconciliation. Tools? Oh, yeah, if you want to go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, I just wanted to stop right there. See, this is something that I think is exceptionally critical. Christians, evangelicals must embrace this idea that we have to engage the world. That's one of the major problems that we see within a lot of traditionalist churches. They're just saying we're a country club, come on in. As Christians, as evangelicals in a quickly shifting culture, we need to be out front, we need to be active, and again, we need to pick up the sword and begin to move offensively. So they tell us right at the very beginning that this is what this is calling us to do. Again, we also can note that they've stated and made a very serious presupposition in noting that Scripture has spoken sufficiently on this issue. Sufficiently. Yeah. Use that word. Yes, sir. What does that mean? What does that mean? Scripture speaking sufficiently means that... Scripture has said enough. There is enough in Scripture for us to be able to embrace our, uh, excuse me, not embrace, but to enact our living and our worldview uh, within the culture. We can respond to the culture still following a scriptural worldview because while Scripture maybe has never said anything about artificial intelligence, it has given us a framework and a basis by yes. which we can respond to that. Mm-hmm. A so, presuppositional yeah. framework. That's right. Eh? That's right. 
There you go. But anyway, uh, tools like technology are able to aid us in this pursuit. We know that they can also be designed and used in ways that dishonor God and devalue our fellow image bearers. Evangelical Christians hold fast to the inerrant and infallible word of God, and that's why we need to think about sufficiency. Because as Baptists, we have seen throughout our recent history, um, we had to have a statement, not just as Baptists, but, you know, uh, ecclesiastically, I guess you could say. Um, You had, back in 78, you had the statement on biblical inerrancy. Now, what we're seeing in the social justice movement, and we can see in this AI thing, um, we're going to see the sufficiency of Scripture attacked. And in so other words, yeah. understand that. Well, here's the other thing. Even in this preamble, you, you have to do a few things. It's already yeah. drawing some lines in the sand. Yeah. A liberal Christian cannot sign this in good conscience. A liberal yeah. Christian cannot embrace this. Why? Because as... Uh, um, as many conservative Christians have already recognized, liberal Christianity is no Christianity at all. It's another religion completely. Yeah. Why do I say that? Because as a liberal Christian, you have to deny inerrancy. You have to deny the sufficiency and the authority of Scripture. And when you do that, you put yourself on a slippery slope that leads to a completely other religion. And so if you are a liberal Christian, this is a stupid statement. Why? Because God can't speak clearly. So we can also see that the framers of this statement make it very clear that God's word is the ultimate authority. And further, we can understand it clearly enough to enact what it has said. And it's said enough sufficiency. Yes. So, uh, sorry, I interrupted you again. So So yeah, evangelical Christians hold fast to the inerrant infallible word of God, which states that every human being is made in God's image and thus has infinite value and worth in the eyes of their creator. This message dictates how we view God, ourselves, and the tools that God has given us the ability to create. One of the things that you made so clear as we were beginning to work through this was that artificial intelligence is not a neutral, morally neutral thing. That is something that Christians need to make sure they understand and dig down on. Right? There are not morally neutral things that happen in society. Society does not move in a morally neutral way. And as we see this shift to this more open embrace of artificial intelligence, use of artificial intelligence, Christians have to recognize that we have a burden. And that is to call out that this is not a morally neutral thing. There are not morally neutral things. People don't make morally neutral decisions. They are either based in the morality that has been given to us by God, or they're based somewhere else. Yeah. So, in light of the existential questions posed by a new, posed anew by the emergent technology of artificial intelligence, AI, we affirm that God has given us wisdom to approach these issues in light of Scripture and the gospel message. How do they approach the issues? See, this is where a Christian, this is where, again, people who are theologically conservative have to say, we can affirm that God has given us a way to approach these issues. God has given us scripture. God has given us the gospel. Therefore, we can make moral declarations. And that's what this is at its root, is a moral declaration based upon a consistent understanding of God's word. Yes. And so because of that, it continues on saying Christians must not fear the future or any technological development because we know that God is, above all, sovereign over history. 
and that nothing will ever supplant the image of God in which human beings were created. Yeah, we have an amazing hopefulness. Yeah. Uh, we need to be reminded in Scripture that we don't have to be fearful of man, of man's technological advances, being able to usurp God's power and God's sovereignty. Yeah. Hebrews, do, Hebrews 13. Yeah, but we do need to be cautious to call out humanity's fallenness and their use of technology to only mass-produce a more depraved reality. Let me go ahead. We recognize that AI will allow us to achieve unprecedented possibilities while acknowledging the potential risk posed by AI if used without wisdom and care. We can already see this happening now. Already on the docket, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, are things that people are trying to create, like sex bots. That's not a morally neutral thing, and that's something that Christians have never had to deal with. That depravity, depravity in that way is something that is going to be unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, mass-produced pornography through mediated sources was something that Christians never had to deal with until 1995, right? This is a brand new thing, but we've already seen how much this has already wrecked marriages, wrecked families, destroyed people's mm-hmm. physical abilities, right? Like those are, there yeah. are actual, not only sociological things, there have been um, physiological changes that have occurred in men as a direct result of pornography being mm-hmm. mass produced and available. Yeah. And so that's a crazy thing. And we're dealing with something and we're at the precipice of it right now. Because AI will expand at a rapid rate, and if we don't make a statement now, it's not going to be, it's not going to happen quick enough. But we have the hope in the gospel that God is sovereign, God's in control, and Jesus wins. Yeah, yeah. And so, but at the same time, we need to recognize this is nothing new. So, there were magazines before 1995, uh, but 1995 with the internet has, you know, so you're talking about the quantity of the accessibility of what can help you in your endeavor to rebel against the God you know if you're not a believer. And then all the temptations that face us as believers um, that we will, if we get snared in, will incur discipline that doesn't feel good. <laughs> but yeah. again, that's the hope we have in Christ is it's discipline and not judgment in that respect. So we don't have to, we only have to fear that it's going to suck for a little bit and it's because, and it's our fault. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so we desire to equip. So this is the people um, in the preamble saying, uh, we desire to equip the church to proactively engage the field of AI. Again, we don't need to be running in defense whenever things happen. We need to be proactive in this. And, and I think it's really important that he says the church. Here's the yeah. thing. Christians need to be out in front of this. And that's what yeah. I really like about this. If we're going to see a massive sociological and technological shift, let's get ahead of the curve this time. Yeah. Let's be the ones who are actually making sure that there are parameters that are done in such a way so that God is glorified and humanity is, of course, recognized as God's unique creation that is made in the image of God. Yeah. And so, you know, basically it's just saying, you know, we need to be proactive and not reactionary. Um, and so the whole point of the whole point of this document is to give affirmations and denials um, concerning AI. And so um, the big thing that we need to start off with your theology will come out in your actions. What That's you right. know about who God is and who you are will come out in the wash whenever you talk and whenever you do something. And so what is the first thing that we need to understand when we're thinking about uh, 
artificial intelligence, intelligence, right? We need to talk about the image of God. What so, is the image yeah, of God? One of the things I really yeah. like about that preamble is it yeah. begins with noting that there is not a head nod and a wink to Scripture. But everything that's going to be put forward in this entire article is going to be based upon the authority of Scripture, the presupposition that God has actually spoken in such a way that, guess what, even though the canon was closed nearly nearly 2,000 years ago, God spoke even then in a way that is relevant to our society. Mm-hmm. So let's look at Article 1, Article 1, The Image of God. We affirm that God created each human being in his image with intrinsic and equal worth, dignity, and moral agency, distinct from all creation, and that humanity's creativity is intended to reflect God's creative pattern. We deny that any part of creation, including any form of technology, should ever be used to usurp or subvert the dominion and stewardship which has been entrusted solely to humanity by God. Nor should technology be assigned a level of humanity human identity, worth, dignity, and moral agency. So here's the issue, right? And I know I read the whole thing. But the issue that we face is we live in a world where people do not believe that human beings are created in the image of God. That has been denied. We are highly evolved pond scum. So when a statement like this is offered, we already see a clash of worldviews. Because Christians can uphold in an authoritative way that human beings have dignity, we can speak truth into this situation in a way that will, again, call people's attention to the fact that we're God's unique creation. Yeah. A, a secularist humanist cannot, cannot come to the conclusion that human beings are a special creation because at the very base level, according to the secularist worldview, human beings and machines are no different because we are matter in motion. Yeah, and like we talked about the last time we got together, humanism is showing that it has failed. Yes. And it's showing through artificial intelligence. Yeah. We are not enough. That's right. We're despairing as a human race in a naturalist world. So what do we do? We try to find meaning. We're, I mean, we're recognizing everything that God has given us, um, but they're suppressing the truth and unrighteousness. And uh, Romans one thirty says... We're inventors of evil. So this is an invention that we're using to suppress the truth about God and unrighteousness. And God will hand you over to that in judgment if you're not found in Christ. And that's the sad thing. That's why we must respond um, to this. Article Um, 2, yeah. Let's jump down there if that's okay. And uh, go to this uh, second page here. Uh, AI is technology. We affirm, as part of our God-given created nature... Human beings should develop and harness technology in ways that lead to greater flourishing and alleviation of human suffering. Again, Christians are not anti-technology. And here's one thing. Mm. People are going to state, oh, well, Christians came out with this statement because they're against the, uh, the growth of technology. They're afraid of, of technological advances. False. We're afraid of technological advances becoming idols. Exactly. Idols. And the thing is, is if you have... A biblically derived anthropology. Again, like I said, if you yes. read Romans one eighteen through thirty two, you read Romans three. Um, the whole, pretty much post uh, post uh, Genesis three world is messed up. Um, you see in the Noahic covenant, still God re- recognizes he's not recognizes he knows and he says in that that they they go astray from their youth. That's right. Um, 
that that has not changed. You know, so before um, the flood, everybody was their desires and their thoughts were continually evil. That's right. And then after the flood, God reinstates that continually evil. They go straight from their youth. Yet after the Noahic covenant, after the flood, He says, "I will not destroy the earth because of that." With a flood again recognizing that there is total depravity in humanity, and this is what we'll end up talking about on Precept What's Up. Yeah, and, but and we so, recognize that if you have a biblical anthropology, no, we don't have to fear, but we need to be smart because we will, again, what we know about God and what we know about ourselves because of that is how we act whenever we confront issues such as this. And that brings us to this second part, the denial of Article 2, and it says, and I love this, I circled it and highlighted it, we deny that the use of AI is morally neutral. Yeah. Here's one thing that we have to, again, remember, submitting to the full authority of Scripture. In Genesis chapter 6, it says that God looks on the land, and it says in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of his thought, the thoughts of his heart was only continually evil. Now look, we know that man hasn't changed. We know that when Romans 3 says that no one's righteous, no, not one, when it says that no one understands, no one seeks for God, that their mouths are full of bitterness and their feet are swift to shed blood, that is still as true now as it was when David wrote it in Psalm and when Paul wrote it here in Romans. We want to recognize that when human beings create things, when human beings begin to create something, it's not because they're so excited to do good and do glorful things. Most of the time, it is because human beings are depraved in their nature and therefore they're going to figure out, even if it's a really good thing, how to misuse it and abuse it. Mm-hmm. This is not a morally neutral thing. That's why it's important that we embrace it. We begin to speak out on it. It says, we further deny that the goodness and benefits of any application of AI that devalues or degrades the dignity and worth of another human being. We do not want AI to, again, devalue the dignity and the worth of another human being why? Because they're God's special creation. Mm-hmm. So then we move on to, since uh, there is a definition of humanity, since there is a definition of what makes you, you, if we do go ahead and create this artificial intelligence, and I mean, we already have in a way, but it's again going to get expanded to where possibility is we have robots that look like us, that talk like us, whatever, however far in the future that is, um, it will go that way. We should expect it, right? People want to create themselves. We worship ourselves, and AI is going to be uh, direct proof of how much we worship ourselves. Anyway, um, it's a, Article 3 is about relationship of AI and humanity. There is a distinction. We affirm the use of AI to inform and aid human reasoning and moral decision-making because it is a tool that excels at processing data and making determinations, which often mimics or exceeds human ability. So basically, it's like using a calculator at the very, just say using a calculator and uh, having that do the the math for you. Uh, While AI excels in data-based computation technology is incapable of possessing the capacity for moral agency and responsibility. And unfortunately, that's what we see people talking about. And there's a couple of little robots already made, and that's the way they talk about them. You can sit and have this this conversation, and they put this, they project this, or they interpret things as a personality um, from this robot. Like, it can make weird, like, you know, you can say something that sounds gross, and they make a 
like they're programmed to make a face whenever they hear something gross based on some sort of standard of what gross is and what gross is not or something like that. But, but again, so, here's the issue. Yeah. When we have the driverless cars and they have to make moral decisions, we've already seen this idea subverted. What are those moral decisions based upon? We're right. noting as Christians, number one, artificial intelligence can't make moral decisions. Those who have created it are the ones who are morally culpable for the decisions of machines that are put into into positions where moral decisions have to be made. Mm. Again, a robot can't do that. And so we recognize that no matter what we do, we cannot um, we cannot export moral decisions to yeah. artificial intelligence because morality is a uniquely human thing. Exactly. And so that's, uh, you know, dinger number one is... We are trying to get rid of our responsibility and dump it off onto somebody else. Um, that's not going to happen. It's not, I mean, you, you'd have to have a very great argument to be able to do that. And I don't think that is possible. Um, somebody's always going to, like we had that uh, in, in the moralist driver, moral driverless cars yeah. scenario. 90% of accidents are caused by human error. That was, that was weird to me. Just because people made the car, there could have been a defect that was implanted in there by who? A human. Yes. So, my, again, it's not the person driving the car, but it's the person who made the car, and they should... That's a moral account. Why do we have recalls? Why do, why do companies go, hey, we put horrible airbags in your cars, and we will pay? They're morally responsible. To, so, again, we're going to come to find out there's always going to be human error. And we got to be responsible for it. We can't dump it out on anybody else. Um, but yeah, it goes on to say, we deny that humans can or should cede our moral accountability or responsibilities to any form of AI that will ever be created. Only humanity will be judged by God on the basis of our actions and that the tools that we create. So we will so, be responsible for AI. Uh, no matter yeah, what. No matter what. Those who put AI into situations where morality is boiled down to algorithms are still responsible for the moral repercussions of those actions. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a crazy thing to think about. And we've got to at least embrace it. Why? Because Scripture talks about that. Yeah. And then so it says, even though it's uh, created with a moral use in view, it is not a moral agent. Again, we're going to try to give this AI a personality but you're going to have to prove that it's an actual personality. And I bet you I could, the presuppositional side could put you in a rock and a hard place yeah. real quickly um, if you're going to try to make a case for if you are the same thing as an AI. If you make a or, machine that yeah. creates uh, genocide, that is to bring about genocide, you are morally responsible yeah. for that. Mm -hmm. You do not get to subvert that on Judgment Day. Yep. So on to Article 4. Yeah, we're going to blow through these real quick, but we wanted to expose this to you because I have not seen a whole lot of uh, exposure of this statement. So let's continue on. I like this. We affirm that AI-related advances in medicine technologies are expressions of God's common grace through and for people created in His image, and these advances will increase our capacity to provide enhanced medical diagnostic and therapeutic interventions as we seek to care for all people. That's a key thing. Christians believe that people should be cared for. Why? It goes all the way back to Article 1. 
human beings are created in God's image. Mm-hmm. Let me jump down and go for uh, to the we denial part here. So that we deny that death, we deny that death and disease affects effects of the fall can ultimately be eradicated apart from Jesus Christ. Amen. Then it says this, and this is key. Utilitarian applications regarding healthcare distribution should not override the dignity of human life. Furthermore, we reject the materialist and consequentialist worldview that understands medical applications of AI as a means of improving, changing, or completing human beings. So two different elements that are really important here. Those who are going to be advocates many times of AI are simply valuing human beings on their utilitarian, uh, on their utilitarian mechanisms. How much can they put into society? And what we're stating right here in this statement and the framers, I believe, are making it very clear. We do not base human beings value upon their utilitarian value. In other words, We don't have to say, how much can that person produce in order to create value? Mm -hmm. And we cannot program artificial intelligence to base someone else's value upon their utilitarian or productivity value that they can put into society. And further, and this is really, really important, I believe this last part of the statement directly deals with transhumanism. In other words, they are stating very clearly that they reject the idea that human beings can be improved in value based upon the application of some inserted or external technological advance that you could put into them. Yeah. That's key. That's crucial. Uh, It is a very honest statement against transhumanism, and it's one that must be upheld. Let's go ahead and move on to Article 5. Yeah, bias. So we affirm that We affirm that as a tool created by humans, AI will be inherently subject to bias and that these biases must be accounted for, minimized, and removed through the continual human oversight and discretion. So, again, um, we see a lot of people that are uh, scarily, and we'll get into that on the transhumanism issue probably next week, but we have people that are willing just to basically make AI the presupposition of all predication. You ask AI, it tells you, you follow, because you just presuppose it's reliable. Whatever the algorithm says must be right. And that is a submission to an external authority that is not scriptural. But here's the other thing that, again, I really like this. There will always be, in every artificial intelligence mechanism that is ever created, any artificial intelligence mind that is ever created, there is going to be a human bias inserted yeah. into it. And this it. is the presuppositional by what standard? Yes. By what standard are we? is AI going to move? Yes. And is it accounted for? <laughs> so this is what this is saying, that whatever standard is put into this AI of moral decision-making or like whatever conclusion will have to have some sort of moral code that is justified. Yes. So again, this is where we can live and move in our apologetic. By what standard is that result correct? Yes. So it's still going to need the oversight and discretion of human beings um, to go through the process along with it. AI is an aid. It can help crunch numbers, whatever it needs to do, because yes, there are tons of variables and and just lots of stuff. Um, Instead of taking a big classroom-sized chalkboard to do a math problem, you can run it through a machine that has an algorithm already programmed. I totally get it. It's totally fine. 
but it's whenever you just submit to it. Who are you submitting to whenever you submit to it? Who programmed it? What's in, what is its algorithm? You can't. What is its basic presupposition that it's operating off of? And so we cannot submit ourselves to this. I love this statement here. AI should be designed and used in such a way, in such ways that treat all human beings as having equal worth and dignity. Now, here's the issue. The materialist naturalist cannot argue that that is the case. Yeah. Why? Because they have an, a subjective, ever-changing standard by which to evaluate the worth of a human being. It's been said in a debate that we were part yeah. of. Yeah, some human beings are worth more than others. Unfortunately, and that was shocking, and I could not believe that, and I still to this day cannot believe that somebody said that. But that's where they That's have the to consistent atheistic world. They, I, I bet you they wouldn't believe that if they were on the short end of the stick. I agree. They can't live in that world. AI should be utilized as a tool to identify and eliminate biases uh, inherent in human decision-making. This will not happen in a secularistic worldview. No standard can be applied to a uh, to artificial intelligence that is going to eliminate the inherent human bias because there is an ever moving there is an ever moving scale of what non-bias is in a secularistic yeah. worldview because even if uh you know a uh, ai ends up learning and and growing in knowledge and all that kind of stuff it like what is it going to do it's going to have a subjective uh, morality if it's programmed with subjective like how is ai going to find the objective um so i mean we're the sad thing about it is, is ai is never going to have that standard unless if you program the consistent biblical christian worldview inside of it at the very beginning and you start from there yeah we deny that ai should be designed or used in ways that violate the fundamental principles of human dignity for all people there are no fundamental principles in a secularistic worldview neither should ai be used in ways that reinforce or further any ideology or agenda seeking to subjugate subjugate human autonomy under the power of the state but what if the state is the highest, greatest good in some culture? And that's where it's really, really interesting. So, man, we we got like 14 minutes to go ahead and try to knock the rest of this out. We're halfway through. So, 14 minutes, let's go. Yeah. So this is a big peripheral. As Article 6, it's on sexuality. And we affirm the goodness of God's design for human sexuality, which prescribes a sexual union to be an exclusive relationship between a man and a woman in the lifelong covenant of marriage. So that definition is rejected by yeah. all oh, yeah. of the secularists and non-Christians. And even some people who say they're Christians. Yeah, they're the fine for marriage. It's a covenant. But they're denying gender. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's it's absurd. Anyway, but this but, is where things yeah. get real. Mm -hmm. So uh, we don't need to knock through every last little bit of it. But here's the thing that it, to me is really important about the statement on sexuality. Number one, the framers are making it very clear that human beings are not going to devalue humanity's unique call to covenant relationship between a man and a woman. We will not allow that to happen in embracing artificial intelligence. In other words, if some man makes a sex bot, which is already in the works by multiple people because they see this as a way to make money, right? And so, of course, these sex bots that are going to come out, they're going to be little kids' sex bots, they're going to be dog sex bots. Any 
crazy depraved thing that you can think of, they're going to make AI that will do this. And as mm-hmm. Christians, we're saying that is a perversion. It is not any better for you to use these sex bots in these depraved ways. Uh, that is just as yeah, sinful. Because it's not, not going to get rid of the appetite. No. You know, so you might go like, well, hey, somebody uh, just bought this, uh, you know, little kid looking uh, sex bot, you know, so that keeps uh, him off the out of the bathrooms and out of this, you know, looking for kids, right? So, hey, this is a good thing. But what have you done? You haven't actually got rid of the perverted, vile nature of that person that wants to commit pedophilia. You've just diverted it to a robot. But who's to say that that robot is not sufficient enough for that person and they still want a real human being? And I loved what you said when we were talking about this in the show prep. You said, in a time where we are working as hard as we can, even the secularist culture, to remove the idea of objectifying women. All we're going to do, and many of those in the AI technological advances are wanting already for these sex bots to occur, all we're doing is objectifying women, but we're just changing the way that we're doing it. Yeah work let's go ahead yeah. and jump to it yeah, yeah. so yeah this is the, the big one this is the, and whenever we think about it at the very beginning the subtle issue that is i would say is the gateway into this ai thing and allowing it to fester and we go oh it's it's not bad it's not bad and it's going to be in work because it says we affirm that work is a part of god's plan for human beings participating in the cultivation and stewardship of creation um so work is not bad we think it's horrible. That's right. Well, because right now we live in a fallen world where suffering exists. Um, we are fallen creatures, so we do not recognize the awesomeness um, that it is to have dominion over the earth. So, like, our the, the whole point of God creating man, he created man, he gave him a garden, and he told the man to work it. It's not that God couldn't make it grow. God wanted to give the man something to do. That's right. And to and at that time in the garden he didn't have trouble. It was only after the fall where he said, "I would then make it hard for you to work. Thorns and thistles would grow up by the sweat of your brow." So he made it horrible. And then we get to again Noah. After that he said, "No, I'm no longer curse the ground." So God has given us rain. Remember, it didn't rain until the flood, right? So this is as a Christian, this is our world. This is what reality is. This is history, right? And so you know, it's God's common grace that doesn't make work as hard as Adam had it um, after the fall. But anyway, it's still, we, we hate work. We hate those things that God has given us. But work is a good thing. It is a part of our design. It's a part of the plan. It's our dominion over creation that God has given us. Um, and so work is going to be that subtle thing because what we're trying to do with AI is to go, I don't want to work anymore. I can create a robot to do everything for me. And that's a rejection. So as a Christian... If you want to get a robot to do all your work for you while you sit back and be slothful, that's going to be inconsistent with what you know from Scripture is what you are to do is to have dominion over creation and passing the buck of work onto robots to where we have end up with a society where we have our little robot slaves and we're sitting back just partying all the time. That's not what God wants us to do. We're to work. If you don't like your job... Seek the will of God in your life and find that job that uh, God has gifted you for. I love but the denial statement. Very, yeah. very good. We deny that human 
worth and dignity is reducible yeah. on an individual's economic contributions to society alone. Mm-hmm. Humanity should not use AI and other technologies, technological innovations as a reason to move toward lives of pure leisure, even if greater social wealth creates such possibilities. Again, I just think that this is key. For the materialist secularist, human worth and dignity is based on someone's economic contributions. Christians need to be very clear. That is not what Scripture teaches. And further, we shouldn't use a technology so that we can try to create some type of paradise for ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's not the use. That's not the uh, the way to go about this. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got uh, Article Eight. Article Eight, data and privacy. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, trying to. Yeah. Well, our time is running up. Yeah, we have eight good. minutes here, so uh, let's just do the underlying things here. Yeah. We affirm that privacy and personal property are intertwined. Individual rights and choices that should not be violated by governments, corporations, nation states, and other groups, even in the pursuit of common good. In other words, we don't believe that artificial intelligence should violate an individual's right to uh, to some type of privacy. Mm-hmm. Again, from a scriptural basis, there's multiple things here. In other words, a government should not be able to coerce an individual based upon data that they have collected. And it reads right here, data collection practices should conform to ethical guidelines that uphold dignity of all people. Data should not be mishandled, misused, or abused for sinful purposes to reinforce biases, strengthen the powerful, or demand the weakened. Yeah, and that's the using sin against you, like you said earlier, is, uh, you know, if you, again, this is loving your neighbor, if you do not want your sin handed to you, and it's the fact that Jesus Christ forgave you of your sins, God has blotted those out, Um, we don't need technology to do that either. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, let me, security. you want to jump down to security? Yeah. Um, let's go to just to the denial. Is that okay? That yeah. we've got highlighted. We deny that AI should be employed for safety and security applications in ways that seek to dehumanize, depersonalize, or harm human or fellow human beings. In other words, we don't believe that AI should be used in such a way that is going to be a hazard to the safety of other human beings. You can't use it as a power tool. And that brings us to Article 10, and this is where things get really, really crazy. Because as Christians, we know that the situation that is at hand is AI being utilized by powerful governments Mm -hmm. that seek to, again, be authoritarian and, of course, control things. And that's a real legitimate fear. And, uh, man, we can't work through the whole thing. But if the state is it... Why not? That's the sad thing. That's right. Uh, Any lethal action conducted or substantially enabled by AI must employ human oversight and review. All defense-related AI applications such as underlying data and decision-making processes must be subject to continual legitimate authorities. When these systems are deployed, human agents bear full moral responsibility for any actions taken. A terrorist robot is not going to be morally responsible the one who sent it is. Yes. It's um, just a tool, but unfortunately we're, you know, like I said, we are going to end up in a world where, you know, they're they're talking about like it's self-replicating itself. It's talking about how um those two Alexa things or whatever were talking to each other and they ended up like making their own language in which they understood each other. Stuff like that is happening. Crazy. And so they're going to make like so Basically, AI eventually 
will make up its own rules. Yes. Um, we're going to create something, and if we do not use it right, I'm just going to tell you right now, we're going to we're going to act like we're God in making this. We're going to be its creator. It'll be subservient to us. Um, but if we rebel against God, what do you think this is going to do? And if we do not use this to glorify God, God will withhold his hand of protection and common grace toward us, and he will allow judgment. And it's the fear of Elon Musk already that, uh, you know, once you've opened up Pandora's box, um, anything goes, um, it will replicate, it will take over, and guess what? We will appear like, uh, or we'll disappear like the dinosaurs. How about that? The world still spins, right? The dinosaurs so again, are gone. Yeah. And nobody cried. So let me knock out so, two little so pieces humans, here yeah. in our fleeting moments. The Article 11 on public policy. The public yeah. has a role in shaping and crafting policies concerning the use of AI in society. And yeah. these decisions should not be left to those who develop the technologies or the governments to set norms. Christians must take action. Like, yeah. I believe this is an important thing because now we have an opportunity to make a voice. Who can give uh, again, who can actually affirm real human dignity? Only a Christian worldview. Yeah. We can get that statement out again and again and again. The atheist can only, at the very base, state, well, it's matter in motion just like we are. It deserves the same rights. There's a massive clash in the fundamental presuppositions, and we can make that known. This is an, good another opportunity to make sure we call out the gospel. I want to jump to Article 11, uh, Article 12, the future of AI. We deny, and I'm just going to the, um, I'm going to the affirmation. Uh, we affirm the church has a unique role in proclaiming human dignity for all and calling for the human use of AI in all aspects of society. Man, again, we made sure that we call for human dignity wherever AI shows up. And finally, I love this. We deny future advances in AI will not ultimately fulfill our longing for a perfect world. Yeah. We're going to treat it like it for now. That's right. Again, if you idolize it, God takes away idols. And so um, we need to be begging and pleading with people. This we is not the it. answer. So when it comes to that, whenever you find somebody, I, I love my AI, whatever it is, and it's I can't live without it and all that kind of stuff, even just your cell phone. If you can't live without your cell phone and you're idolizing your cell phone, you need to get rid of it. Right. Uh, Jesus said... Take out your eye, cut off your hand. Not literally, but the the, the lesson from that parable um, is the fact that if you, it causes you to sin, it is better to enter life maimed than to have all your stuff and get thrown into the lake of fire. That's right. And so when it comes to this AI thing, we need to, as Christians, if we're going to use it, use it for glorifying God and to edify each other, to help one another. And we need to show the world how what the good use is of it, at the same time warning people against its misuse. Yes. But the thing is, the judgment of God is coming, and if Jesus tarries, and we see wars and all this stuff fought by AI soldiers, we're going to be like, it was already written, we spoke about it. But we need to speak about it now so we can say that, hey, we told you. We told you from the implications of Scripture alone that this would happen. Yes, they still might not believe us, but we will be able to be a witness for God. I love Kevin Myers. AI was a city destroyed. We talked about that every day, too. Hey, make sure, if you are anywhere near Jeff City, that you get down there. 
Uh, I want to put another plug out for uh, a brother yeah. that I admire and I'm very thankful for. Uh, again, the people are going to be showing up at 1 to 4 p.m. That is when the rally takes place. The uh, rally to abolish abortion in the state of Missouri on Tuesday, April 23rd. Come and make sure that we are loving your pre-born neighbor. And with that said, yeah. we are at an hour. We got it. Pretty much there. We, hey, we did it. it. Well, anyway, guys, uh, thank you so much again for uh, being with us on the Tag Your It uh, livecast. And for those of you who are listening into this on YouTube or pod or the podcast form, thank you um, for listening. Um, Please interact with us uh, in the comment box all week and stuff. This will be up, and we'll be back next week talking on some more transhumanism. We got some uh, podcasts that we can dissect. That's right. Um, That's and, the plan. And talk about uh, this movement of uh, thinking and ideology. It's scary. Um, but anyway, until then, I am Ray Ray. I am Dave. And this is the Tag Your Podcast solely. Dale. Glorious.